This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 5th, 2023. Burning Bible Questions. Does God fight? Hey, Hey. yo, Connection Church. Don't you just want to do this? Yeah. No, I want to do those one-hand push-ups, don't you? (laughs) Good morning. Isn't it great to be here at Connection on such a gorgeous, God-given day? Amen. Amen. Today we begin a new series, BBQ, Burning Bible Questions. You all submitted questions from the uh, many that were submitted. We've chosen four to talk about during this month of November. And, and the questions came from all ages. This morning question comes from a six-year-old. How do you like that? So there you go. Um, so regardless of the age, uh, you know, they've all been uh, read and thought about and capable of preaching on and um, all that kind of thing. Today, our burning Bible question is, does God fight? Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to welcome my brother who's walking in from Nashville. That's Jeff. (laughs) He didn't walk from Nashville. All the way from Nashville. He didn't walk from Nashville. Jeff. It's good to see you. Hug, hug. We'll hug later. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being here. We are excited to share the word today with you. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today, for the, the way that you've given us a gift in this day. Help us not take it for granted, but embrace this day and and all that it brings and so we give you the honor and the glory settle us in right here and online we pray this in your holy name everybody agreed and said amen Amen. so if you're new a little insight here um because many who are already here know i i i just long to be able to sing not just sing but to sing with some semblance of quality amen i i and at the Anyway, this may surprise some, but I was in a church choir at one time. I was in the kids' choir in the church I grew up in. Of course, they let everybody in the kids' choir, right? So, so but uh, our, our director, Mr. Rao, he was talking to the older kids' choir, the choir my sister happened to be in. And, and, and I guess he was sharing my lack of quality somehow because he said, you know, we got a little guy in the other choir, Alan Jones, and what he lacks in quality, he makes up for in volume. <laughs> How do you like that? Well, my sister didn't like it. Uh, she never stuck up much for it, but this time, that, that made her like fight. She quit the choir. She quit Mr. Rouse's choir because of, well, he maligned her little brother. You know, it's good to have somebody stick up for you once in a while, isn't it? Amen. Amen. So his name was Mr. Snyder, <laughs> oh. and he was the principal of my <clears throat> elementary school. It was reported to Mr. Snyder that I refused to drink my milk when I was in first grade. And I couldn't. It just made me sick. But I got sent to the office. Well, long story short, when my mom found out, she went to that school She talked to Mr. Snyder and told him under no uncertain terms should he ever, ever demand that I drink that milk. 
<laughs> that it was her decision and that I didn't have to drink milk because it made me sick. <clears throat> he never did again. And it was so good to have my mom stick up for me. Hmm. I think we all have had or had wished we'd had someone to stick up for us, right? Especially when we're younger, but even when we're older. It's, not, it's nice to have someone who, who kind of fights for you. Maybe, maybe a sibling, especially an older sibling, maybe a, a friend, a parent, a, a, a teacher, maybe a coach, you know, maybe a, a youth group director, maybe somebody. Um, someone on our side, someone fighting for it. Here's the thing. No matter who you are, you do have someone who will fight for you, no matter who you are. Some, and that person is God. This morning, our question is, does God fight for you? And the answer is absolutely yes. Okay, so we're done, right? No, no. We'll talk about that a little bit more here. Okay. God fights for us. In fact, God chooses to fight for us. God wants to fight for us. God tells us in his word that he fights for us. Check out what we find in the book of Romans, chapter 12. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, I love this line, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't get even. Don't take revenge. Leave it to God. Instead, give your enemy food. Give him drink. Give him coals to keep his fire burning. What's going on here? What, are we supposed to act like Jesus or something? Oh, yeah. That's right, we are. <laughs> We're supposed to leave God room to do God's work, right? That's what it said, leave God room. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I don't know about you. Do you find this a little bit challenging? Just a little bit? But then again, it makes all the sense in the world. Who uh, better to repay Evil for you. Do not repay evil for evil. Who's the author of evil? Who is very good at being very bad? Who knows our weak spots camps out just waiting for the opportunity to attack? And that person is Satan. I would say, 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 but I don't want you to say Satan. Don't say Satan. We don't want to talk about him. Who's the best one to avenge that evil? You, me? Hardly. We're amateurs. We're amateurs. God's the professional when it comes to protecting us, fighting for us, when it comes to taking on the evil one. And it's important to always remember who we are and whose we are. Ann Peterson, in an article entitled, When God Fights Your Battles, she reminds us that David went against, you know, who did he go against? Goliath, the giant, now nine foot six of them. Not because David was strong and powerful, that day, but because he remembered that God was with him. The very same God who gave him strength when he stood toe-to-toe with a bear while protecting his sheep. The same God who stood with him 
when a lion came across his path. David trusted God to fight for him or fight with him. Remembering that, uh, remembering that allowed David to, to step out in faith. Anne says that when Saul tried to fit David with Saul's armor, David dismissed him. But you remember that Saul's like over six feet. He was a tall guy. You got this little boy, David. Can you imagine that armor on him? It looked ridiculous. I mean, he probably couldn't hardly walk. It'd be like a, you know, a kid putting on uh, a professional football players. You know, it'd be crazy. So not only did it not fit, but the other thing was this. He didn't need that because God was doing the fighting, and God fights armor-free. Amen? Amen. In the book of Exodus, that's the second book in the Bible, we read that the Hebrew people left Egypt. Remember that, you know, they were enslaved in Egypt and the Pharaoh, you know, finally let them go. And so they were on their way, you know, to the promised land and they came upon the Red Sea. It's like, oh boy, what do we do here? And, you know, that's when God parted the waters. But before that, they're at the Red Sea and Pharaoh changed his mind. Pharaoh decided he was coming after them. So in front of them, they've got the Red Sea. In back of them, they've got the Pharaoh and all the chariots, you know, all these troops coming, coming, coming. And the people were saying, oh, my goodness, maybe not that. But it would have been better if we'd stayed in Egypt to serve the Egyptians than die here in the desert. Moses was the lead, their leader. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, <laughs> you will never see again. All right, here's one of my favorite scriptures. It's on my wall. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Let's say that last line. The Lord, Lord will, will fight, fight for, for you. you. You need, need only, only to be still. Yeah, think about this. Do you want to go into the battle or have the Lord go in for you? I mean, duh, right? It's kind of like this. And Carrie said, I don't know, Alan, you, you might upset some people. Okay, that's, that's the way it goes. If the Phillies are playing the Braves, <laughs> Philly fans, and... and, and, and are you going to go into bat, or are you going to send in Bryce Harper? Come on. Now, I cut this in half, because I was also going to say, are you going to pitch, or are you going to Zach Wheeler? But I, I'm not going to go that far. We'll just keep it at Bryce Harper. Or, or how about today? We're having a football game. It's the Eagles versus who? Oh, the Cowboys. That's right. Your you're, you're guys. Okay. Now, do we want to send one of us in? Or do you want to send in Jalen Hurts? Come on. Uh, am I going to be the wide receiver or, or A.J.? I mean, on my initials are A.J. Why not me instead of A.J. Brown? Come on. Let's keep it real. Well, how about with our personal battles? You or the Lord God Almighty? Come on. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Actually, that sounds like an oxymoron. Fight, still, oxymoron. You know, those apparent contradictions that are purposefully put together. You know, you've heard about jumbo, shrimp, bitter, sweet, 
original copy, plastic glasses. Well, the Bible's filled with oxymorons. For example, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Or humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Oxymorons. So we have one of those today in this verse from Exodus. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Parent contradiction. The, the Lord will fight for you. No problem with that. That's cool. You only need to be still. <laughs> How's that going to work? Me being still while the Lord's fighting. Uh-uh. How's, what's that even mean to be still? How do I take that? Well, we found this website uh, that gives us some some insights, some, some pointers. It's called Hebrews12Endurance.com. Hebrews12Endurance.com. And there's this article. And, and the length of the title should be about half the article. Here's, it's called, The Lord Will Fight For You, Colin. Seven Steps to Stand Still and Let the God Fight For You. It's a heck of a title. Some good stuff in here, though. And so it addresses the question, what does it mean to stand still? And it begins with Psalm 4610. This is from the NIV, New International Version. He, the Lord, says, be still. Say that. Be still. One more time. Be still. And know that I am God. Isn't that just calming? Doesn't that make you just want to relax? Yeah, that's the idea. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Wow. Be still. That, that can be contrary to some of our natures. You know, if we got, we're doers, movers, and shakers, and that being still thing, it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And so, okay, I'm going to be still and let God be God. But can you hurry up, God? Don't we sometimes do that? Don't we actually do that a lot? So we met Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament, and Abraham and Sarah, before it was Sarai, they, they wanted a child. They were promised a child by God, and it didn't happen fast enough. Well, they'd waited 15 years. They did. They waited. Oh, and geez. so Sarai took the matters into her own hands, hooked up Abraham and Haggai, and that didn't turn out so good. That's for <laughs> another story. Um, but... That, that was a mess. But when they waited patiently, in the end, they, were, they received the promised child. And God's plan was always in action when they submitted, when they became a part of God's plan, of God's miracle. And so we're reminded of Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. This is the New International Version. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Isn't that a glorious scripture? Oh, yeah. Maybe you've, maybe you've heard the saying, 
Busyness is contrary to godliness. Yeah. Sometimes we need to be still and wait. Here's the key word. Patiently. <laughs> wait patiently. You know, the problem is God's got all time in the world, right? And we don't think we do. But wait patiently for God. So here are seven steps to stand still and let the Lord fight for you. Step one, trust God. Say, trust God. Yeah, it sounds pretty simple, but it actually might take some effort because it's all too often that we tend to get going, get going, and then we realize that we're relying on ourselves instead of God. Trusting God takes faith, unwavering faith, faith that's anchored and built up in Christ and in Christ alone. In our current, my current Bible study, um, we're focused on faith, on unwavering faith, and we're, we're learning that faith and trust go hand in hand. Faith and trust. The key to unwavering faith is to trust God's leading in our lives, but we need to surrender. That means let go. That means to submit ourselves every day, maybe every moment, whatever it takes so that we let God be God. Unwavering faith is about believing in God's promises. God is not a liar. Believing in God's promises, even when we can't make sense of anything, and even when we can't see the outcome. Trust God. Here's a scripture we've shared previously on Sunday morning, Proverbs 3, 5, 6, NIV, New International Version. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in God with all your heart. Who are you going to trust? You or God? Uh, the, the perfect creator of the universe or the imperfect little you? God Almighty or you Almighty? <laughs> I don't know, I'm trusting God to fight for me. Um, he's my pick. What about you? So step one is to trust God. Step two is repent of sin. We have to own those things in our lives that cause barriers between us human us and the most holy and perfect God. There are things that we do that, that just don't please God, and so we have to own them. So, you know, confess, admit, admit, um, own the sin. And repent means not only to say, I'm sorry, but to say, Lord, I am so sorry. I don't want any part of that again. Please help me walk it out straight you know, in righteousness and right living. Now, Satan would want us to think that there's, that God would never agree to that, that, you know, we're junk, we've messed up, he doesn't want us anymore. And that is, that's another lie. He doesn't, God's character is love. God equals love. And so in 1 John, we read this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins 
and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. God is just. God is forgiving. He makes us new. Step three of the seven steps to being still and letting the Lord fight for you. <laughs> Practice obedience. Does anybody else chafe under that word? Obedience. Submission to the authority of another. Uh, by nature, we're rebellious people. That's what sin's all about. We, we rebel. We, obedience does not come naturally to us. It, it takes practice. I don't know about you. I've, not, I've never been very good at practicing. I think it gets tiresome. It gets boring. That's why I'm not a very good drummer, because I'm never willing to practice. I never put in the time. But we need to practice. We need to repeatedly obey God so that we can improve our skill at doing it. So that it becomes second nature, so that, so that we can comply rather than complain, so that we can adhere rather than interfere, so that maybe we could submit rather than forget. So that's step three. Step four, <clears throat> and if you're wondering, oh my gosh, I, I can't get all this, you can revisit our website, uh, justshowup.church. And there's a thing that says messages, and you can go back and see the slides or, or listen to the podcast or, or watch it. So step four, find and memorize scripture. Okay, I'm going to pause. You're like, I can't do that. I have trouble memorizing too. But if we get the gist of it, it's okay. Just get the gist of it so it's ready right here to recall. Find and memorize scripture or write it down and remind you, how to wait on the Lord. There are certain seasons in my life where, you know, I need some extra help from God, and so I find scriptures and I write them on uh, post-it notes or I put them on index cards and I put them all over. They might be in my car, they might be in the bathroom, they're on my desk or on my wall because it's a good reminder. They encourage us, they help us. And in this case, we're saying, if you have trouble with this, find some scriptures that help you be still. Two of uh, ones that we want to lift up that are awesome, Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. Or Isaiah 40 says this, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Two others, Isaiah 27, 14. This is the New Revised Standard Version. Wait for, say it with me, will you? Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You got a double weight on that one, right? The beginning of that's, that's a double whammy on that one. That was good. And then we have Micah 7.7, 7, New International Version. But as for me, I watch in hope. And that hope isn't a hope that maybe it's a hope is the expectation that it's going to happen. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for my God, my Savior. My God will hear me. 
These are just a couple examples, many, many more. Trust God, wait for the Lord, be patient with God, and let the Lord fight for you. Step five, be a part of a small group. Well, that's a novel idea. We talk about this almost every week, how important it is to be connected with other believers. It might be an ongoing small group. It might be a short-term small group. It might be a small group with other Christians, maybe not even in this church. But it's important for us to be connected so that we can grow together and have some accountability. We're a small group church. If you want to be in a small group, your two small group uh, facilitator leaders are here. Gary Griffin's over here. Sue Parkowski's over here. Find them and we will get you connected or you can email the church. Step six, use your gifts to serve others. One of the greatest things we can do when waiting for God to fight for us is to use our gifts the gifts God's given us, the Holy Spirit-given gifts, to serve other people. While you wait, don't vegetate. Perhaps God is calling you to show compassion to someone who is hurting themselves. Perhaps God is using you as part of the process of healing in the midst of someone else's battle. Because we all have battles that we're asking God to help us with. God fights for us, and sometimes he uses the gift of those around us to help us with the fight. And again, you can email the church so then we get you connected. Those times when I have like a little personal pity party about whatever's going on in my life or, you know, what about me? I, I know that what I need to do is to reach out in care and concern for someone else because that just takes me out of the pit. And I think it does, that's how it works, to think about someone else other than ourselves. Step seven, practice patience. You've been very patient while we've been here. We finally got to step You've seven. You've all been practicing, that's good. Yeah. Now we found earlier about obedience, practicing obedience. We're saying practice patience. That's really hard. You know, we pray, uh, Lord, help me with patience and give it to me now. Patience. Mm. What is that? Well, it's the capacity to wait without being annoyed. <laughs> I, see, the, I hear a lot of laughter here. <laughs> it is the capacity to take a deep breath, not get upset. Not get angry, exercise self-control instead of lashing out or being rather demanding. And it's not easy. Why is it not easy? Well, because patience puts the other person or the situation at the center, not ourselves. When I am impatient, it means that I'm being a little bit self-centered. <laughs> and so we're suggesting that when you're feeling impatient, Take a look at what's going on. Take a look at what's going on right here. Contentment is part of patience. Having a sense of gratitude. Okay, Lord, you got me here. I'm thankful for it. I'm having trouble seeing it, but I'm going to be thankful for it. Say gratitude. Yeah, November is like gratitude month. But 
It's really seriously should be all the time, 24-7. Gratitude, being satisfied with what you have, who you are, and whose you are. Hmm. Psalm 37, 7, uh, the New Living Translation version. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. And so we come full circle. Does the Lord fight? Fight for me? Fight for you? Fight for us? You bet He does. Absolutely. He cares about you. He loves you. He wants what's best for you, what's best for me. Trust Him. Have unwavering faith. Allow God to be God. Be still in the presence of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. Be still. Wait patiently for God to act. And don't worry about evil people who prosper. Well, why is that guy? Don't worry about it. Don't let that, that's not your concern. Don't fret about their wicked, that's not your concern. Vengeance is the Lord's. God will take care of it. He'll take care of that person, and he'll take care of you. Be still and trust him. While Jesus, our Lord and Savior, while he hung on the cross, he incurred wrath and insults and pain from those who put him there and, and the crowd. He asked God to forgive them, for they didn't know what they did. Jesus fought the fight on the cross for us, for you, for me. He gave his very life to pay for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free, so that we could day in and day out say, okay, God, I messed up. I need to be new in you. Please forgive me. Give me a new start. He humbled himself even to the point of death. Humbled himself so that we might live. Does God fight for you? More than you'll ever know. Absolutely. So let's be still and wait patiently and let God be God. Mm. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.